Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Welcome to Courage to Overcome with your host, Cheryl Jennings. Each week, Cheryl will feature and discuss the many challenges of those living with disabilities, along with the various issues that are faced by their families that are caring for them. So now, please welcome the host of Courage to Overcome, Cheryl Jennings. Welcome to tonight's program on Courage to Overcome. This is Cheryl Jennings, your host, and as I always am, I'm delighted to have you tune in and listen to some information that I hope will be very valuable to you or to someone that you know and you love. We have talked about many different topics that relate to caring for another person. And one of the biggest concerns that we've had has been the number of people who are predicted to have autism in the future. That number has steadily been growing. And if it holds true, they will continue to grow every year unless we find ways to stop this, to be able to know what's causing it, even if we just know some of the causes. And we can deal with that and help to turn this around. And then also for parents who are struggling, you don't know where to go, you don't have information. Maybe you feel like you're all alone and you just don't even know anyone else who's dealing with the same problems that you're dealing with. There is hope. And there is help. And there are many groups that are out there trying to come up with some of the strategies to try to help those children who are affected with the autism spectrum. And, of course, we know that that can range from a small amount of problems that they're going to face all the way up to maybe being very difficult for them to be on their own. And what we want to do is to be able to turn the tide to help people understand what can you do as a parent? How can you help this child of yours that you love so much and that you want to have a very fulfilling life? And so I'm always on the lookout trying to find people who are out there trying to make a difference. And most of the time, the people that we find who are making a difference in any of these episodes that we've had are parents first, and then they begin their journey of trying to find, how can I help my own child? But they also know that whatever they're going through has affected many other people, and they want to find a way to stop 
the harm and the hurt that families have as they are trying to deal with problems that they don't understand, that people don't readily have answers to, that maybe the teachers and the doctors or the therapists that they're in touch with really don't understand what they're up against. And so they feel alone because they are basically struggling by themselves. And what we're trying to do is to help them understand that there are support systems out there that can help to make your family life so much better and easier as you're trying to find those services that are gonna best help your child. Autism has been affecting more and more children through the years, and it wasn't long ago, it was one out of a thousand, but they've predicted by 2030, if we don't turn this around, it could be one out of two. And this is scary. This is a frightening number to think that it could do that. But what we have learned from many people who have been trying to find the answer for their own child is that there are things that parents can do to be involved in that child's life that will make their lives turn around where they will be functioning adults. And I have found another lady who is just remarkable because of the work that she's done. And she started a company called Almost Autism. And I'm delighted to have Marie Hong on here tonight. Maria, I'm sorry, because we want to learn what it is that you've found. How does it help? What can we do and answer some of these questions that families seem to have when they're facing the future of their own child with autism? I want to use her wisdom and her knowledge as much as we can. So welcome to our show tonight, Maria. I'm so delighted to have you as my guest. Well, thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. Well, I know that you, you have been okay? highly recommended and that, yes, I can hear you just fine. And we okay. can okay, also, good. we just want to ask you some questions. And to start with, just tell us a little bit about your own family situation and how did you get into wanting to make a difference for autism? Right. Well, I didn't know that that's what I would end up doing. It's uh, through my own family's personal struggles um, that I've come to write my book, which is called Almost Autism, Recovering Children from Sensory Processing Disorder, a Reference for Parents and Practitioners. And it was really out of my own frustration, um, especially for my older son, because he had so many of the symptoms of autism, but it wasn't quite autism. And that's why the book is called Almost Autism. Um, He you know, if I'd really pushed for it, I'd, I believe I could have gotten a uh, diagnosis of pervasive developmental disorder, not otherwise specified, which is PDD NOS. And, uh, you know, all the time I had been going to pediatricians and a gastroenterologist and allergist, and um, nobody really seemed to understand why it was that he was having so many health problems, not just the sensory processing disorder but a sudden lack of muscle tone when he was three months old. He developed um, hypotonia, which is he became like a floppy baby, like a little raggedy Andy doll, a little sack of potatoes. Um, He had projectile vomiting. He lost weight. He missed his developmental milestones. He couldn't sit up at six months. He crawled backwards at eight months. When he did crawl forwards, it was on his tummy, um, not on his hands and knees like babies should be crawling. Uh, he didn't crawl like that till he was 19 months old, and he didn't walk until he was 20 months old. 
Um, he developed asthma. He had allergies. He had eczema. He had uh, chronic constipation. Uh, and then the sensory issues on top of that. And uh, with that comes uh, the developmental delays where he's not playing with his peers because he's just not in his body and he's not developing physically the same way that they are. And uh, it was really just out of my own frustration trying to figure out what was going on with him um, that I really sort of pieced this together and uh, met with some fantastic people and um, some of them I am working with today at my nonprofit, which is Epidemic Answers, A-N-S-W-E-R-S dot org. And we let parents know that recovery is possible, not only from autism, but also from ADHD, ADD, sensory processing disorder, uh, allergies, asthma, autoimmune disorders, mood disorders, type 2 diabetes. Um, you know, and it's really important these days because... 54% of American children have some kind of chronic health condition. And as you said earlier, the rate of autism is increasing. The official number from the CDC is one out of 59. But if you looked at their report that they that they published back in November 2017, it was a little side report. Uh, if you figured out the numbers, it's basically one in 36. And those are for kids that are, I believe, 12 years old and older. So they're not even looking at the younger kids. So it probably is much higher than that number. So I just really want to let people know that <laughs> there's something that you can do to help your child. Well, I love the introduction that you've given to try to give us a little background about your own son. And it's so, um, I'm, I guess I'm kind of taken back a little bit thinking that some of the description you had of your son also helped, what was part of the description I would give to a certain extent to my son that had cerebral palsy he wasn't necessarily floppy he was spastic and floppy is also a a way that children with cerebral palsy will act but he had a lot of the projectile vomiting the things that you were talking about mm -hmm. that made it very difficult for us to find out what was wrong I guess one of the main things I want people to know is that there are so many families out there who are struggling just like you are and they are struggling to find answers for what they are not able to understand. And I love that you have just gone on and helped your own child, but knowing that many more are right behind yours, that they're also needing to know what are the symptoms? How do I know what's wrong? How do I get help? What if my doctor doesn't understand what's wrong? So if somebody was not getting the help that you found now, where would you say start here and help them yeah well um i am also a health coach and i help parents um, on their recovery journey for their children and so I, I believe i'm a good place to start um you can check out my website which is www.maria rickert r-i-c-k-e-r-t hong h-o-n-g dot com um, i've got a great little report that you can sign up for there. It's my top 10 tips for recovery, just some um, diet and lifestyle changes that people can make. They're very simple that can really help to turn things around. Um, also, my nonprofit's website is a very good place to start as well, Epidemic Answers, A-N-S-W-E-R-S.org. And um, we've got some great free resources, uh, both there and also on my website, 
um, I do the same thing for them that I also do for myself. I put out a monthly newsletter. I also host monthly webinars where I speak to guests that are knowledgeable about recovering kids. Um, and it's uh, people can sign up for the replays at any time. They just go to the websites and find those. And um, we've got some great people on there. So those are good places to start, That's as well as my book. <laughs> That's why I wrote my book. <laughs> That's okay. It's just because I – I was so frustrated, you know, as a parent and um, the doctors and the therapists that I went to didn't have answers. Like, why does my kid have this? Uh, and they didn't know that kids could get better. And I sort of stumbled upon that myself because I was actually having my own health problems. And my guess is, is that a lot of your listeners, especially if they're moms of kids with these issues, have their own health problems too. Um, and it was really um, with my working with a nature path that really opened my eyes and helped me to understand what the root causes of these disorders are. And that's why, um, you know, I can take a look at a, a lot of neurodevelopmental disorders and tell you that it really doesn't matter what the label is. And you can, you know, you can spread that further to neurological disorders. You can spread it to um, autoimmune disorders because it's really the same root causes that we're looking at. We're looking at toxicity, nutritional deficiencies, hormonal imbalances, inflammation, um, you know, gut dysbiosis and immune dysregulation. And you take those and it just depends on, uh, you know, how the person was affected, to what degree. It's not so much their genetics that does play some part, but it's really um, lifestyle and it has a lot to do with the mother's health too, both uh, before conception, during conception, and even um, birth practices um, during labor and delivery that can influence what's going on with that child. And then, you know, where antibiotics delivered, you know, those sorts of things. There's a whole host of things that's creating what we call the perfect storm. And that's why we're seeing, you know, 5% of kids at minimum <laughs> have anxiety and, and depression, and I think it's it's going up to about 10%. And, uh, you know, it's it's not just kids with neurodevelopmental disorders, but it's also the kids with anxiety, kids with depression. You know, it's epidemic. It really is. And then it's kids with anaphylactic allergies and kids with asthma. It wasn't like this when I was a kid. Right. So, that you're right. There are so many more problems that families are dealing with now, and uh, and I'm like you. I think there are a lot of different reasons. And the problem for us is that a lot of times they want to put everybody in a box and say, "That's it," and that's not right. it. There are so many things involved in it. And um, I have met several wonderful people who are really working on how do you find answers for autism. We're going to need to take a, a short break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our visit tonight about autism. So get your pencil, call your friend, tell them to join you and listen to the rest of our program. We'll be back in just a moment. America is out of control. Today's capitalism and the approach to money is in fact the symptom of a more widespread pattern of excessive behavior. In his book, The Culture of Excess, How America Lost Self-Control and Why We Need to Redefine Success, clinical psychologist Dr. Jay Slosar portrays an America where excess fuels the drive to succeed. 
Dr. Slosar examines the cultural factors that lead to excess ranging from obesity to fraud to pervasive budget deficits. His book examines the powerful economic and social factors and their impact on our psychological well-being. Dr. Slosar explores the psychological impact of increasing narcissism, perfectionism, self-destruction, and our identity confusion. He offers recommendations for helping Generation Me become Generation We. Those who resist Slosar's message will want to avoid his discussion of regulation and his recent message that at this point, democracy must be more important than today's capitalism. Get his book now online or by visiting thecultureofexcess.com. All right. Well, our discussion tonight is focusing on autism. And as you know, we've had several people that have talked about the problem of autism. And we just want to continue to pursue this because we do want to make a difference and help people understand some of the things they might be able to do that will help their own child. And like Maria has just talked about, you know, it's it's not just one thing. It could be many things. And it can... It, involves a lot of learning and relearning for some of us, you know, how to eat right, how to take care of ourselves, how to help our children. And so don't feel like you're all by yourself if you're thinking already, wow, uh, she's hit a lot of things already. Because it's true, most of our families today are so busy, they're in a hurry, they've got too many things to do. It's easier to run by and pick up food than it is to cook healthy meals at home and to eat, for parents to even be able to take care of themselves correctly so that their health is good, much less everyone in their family. And I have lots of friends who've been involved in schools, and you touched on something else that we're seeing so much more of now, and that's the anxiety that's in our children. And there are a lot of reasons for this, but that's even more of a concern to me to get parents to pay attention. What are your children doing in their playtime? What are they doing in their uh, space of school time? I mean, if you're at home or if they're in a school building, how many things in their lives can you try to calm down and keep them from feeling afraid? You know, we, we stressed stranger danger for so long and now it's been the school shootings and so there's a reason for a lot of kids to feel anxious but then that's not all of it part of it is just it it's also the technology playing games where they're acting out things that are not good for them and they're not being cared for or watched closely enough by the parents they let technology take over as a babysitter, in other words, instead of really understanding and seeing the result of what's happening when they sit and play on computers all the time instead of reading books, playing outside, playing with other children, learning to communicate with each other. So I'm sure that's a part of what we need to all be paying attention to, whether your child has a problem or not. But let's go back a little bit and tell us some of the things that you think are most important for maybe parents who are expecting or planning to have children that they might be paying attention to to help their child be healthy? Mm-hmm. Um, before I do that, I would just like to address what you said before about um, kids with anxiety. Um, there okay. are a lot of peer-reviewed medical research studies that are coming out within the past few years that are showing that anxiety is really related to a chronic level of inflammation. There was a really good um, article that was in the journal Nature 
and uh, it, it references a book that comes out in a couple of days. It's called The Inflamed Mind, and it's written by an MD. I want to say he went to Cambridge University in England, um, but he's talking about how there's really inflammation. We talk about that, too, um, both in my book, um, also at Epidemic Answers. It's really, you know, chronic inflammation can be a cause of a lot of these symptoms. So when you look at a kid who has anxiety or depression, um, it can be more than just lifestyle things. It could also be a biological reason. And one of the reasons could be what's called PANS or PANDAS. Um, My nonprofit, Epidemic Answers, is actually writing a book. Uh, We hope to have it out this summer about PANS and PANDAS. So PANS, Well, PANDAS is a pediatric acute onset neuropsychiatric disorders associated with strep, and then PANS is the larger umbrella um, over PANDAS, and then it can also include things like Lyme disease. And so you can have uh, infections that actually get into a child's brain um, that because the blood-brain barrier is a whole lot more permeable than what was previously thought and things like birth trauma, antibiotics, vaccines, uh, concussion, those kinds of things can cause traumatic brain injury, can cause inflammation in the brain. And when that happens, um, you can get an infection in the brain, such as strep, so that would be pandas. Uh, Lyme disease would also be another one. Um, There are some really good pages that we've put together on the Epidemic Answers website for people to learn a little bit more about that. So I just wanted to point that out. I'm glad you did address that, but yeah, because not a lot of people know about it. Well, I mean, doctors don't know about it, but there is a host. There's a whole host of medical research, peer reviewed medical research studies that have come out within the past couple of years which we have referenced on the Epidemic Answers website that talk a lot about pandas. And so it is a real thing. Uh, there was a documentary that was made about uh, uh, about it. It's called My Kid is Not Crazy. I think you can just Google it and find it somewhere, maybe on Amazon or Netflix or something like that and watch it. And I actually know a few of those people in there where the child will suddenly develop anxiety or OCD or tics or Um, Separation anxiety is a really big one of these, Um, but there are a whole host of other disorders or symptoms that sort of fall under that diagnosis. And the hard thing is that it's a clinical diagnosis. Both pandas and Lyme disease are clinical diagnoses. Um, It's not something that most doctors are aware of. Um, There are blood tests that you can do, but just because the blood tests are negative doesn't mean that your kid doesn't have it. The kids can still have pandas and or Lyme, and actually they do kind of go together a lot. Um, Typically, if you find a kid with pandas who probably also have Lyme disease. So what you need to do is find somebody that knows more about this, Uh, and we actually do have quite a bit of practitioners listed on the Epidemic Answers website. If you go uh, under four parents and then go to um, find a practitioner, we've put together a whole directory of practitioners. Hopefully you can find somebody in your area. Um, but as to your second question, <laughs> what can a mom do? Um, go ahead. She's trying to um, have a healthier baby and you know potentially prevent uh, a lot of these disorders that we're talking about. 
one is to look at nutritional status. And uh, to do that, you would not go to your regular doctor or gynecologist unless they're trained in something that's called functional medicine. Um, you could either go to a functional medicine doctor. I personally prefer going to see a naturopath uh, for these kinds of things, and they can check out your nutritional status because nutritional deficiencies are very, very common in kids with these disorders. Um, number two, you would also want to have the mom checked for levels of toxicity. And again, you could go to a functional medicine doctor. You could also go to a naturopath. Specifically, you want to look uh, at heavy metal levels, but also other things like pesticides that have been linked to neurodevelopmental disorders, as well as things like um, BPA has been linked to flame retardants, um, all sorts of things that are called endocrine disruptors. And uh, a lot of times, a mother that has a child with a neurodevelopmental disorder, when I say that, I mean a child with autism or ADHD or sensory processing disorder or a learning disability, that the mother is hypothyroid. She has a very low-functioning thyroid. And believe it or not, that actually affects the way the baby's brain and central nervous system develop. And so if her thyroid and endocrine system are not functioning correctly, then the baby's brain will not be developing properly. I'm not saying that these kids are born with it, but what happens is you have a child who is sort of predisposed. Um, there was a report put out in 2005, that long ago, by the Environmental Working Group, and it's called Body Burden, the Pollution in Newborns, and you can Google it. You can find it on the Environmental Working Group's website. It's ewg.org. And you can find the report there. And it just showed that um, an average of over 200 different toxic chemicals are in the cord blood of newborns and a total of 287 different kinds. So things like heavy metals and pesticides and carcinogens, you know, all sorts of nasty things that you wouldn't think would be in there are in there, meaning that they could have only come from the mother. And so getting... Uh, the mother detoxified is a huge, huge help. And that's something you want to really think about doing, you know, hopefully a couple of years before conception. I know I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't even know about any of this stuff <laughs> until right. afterwards. But, um, you know, if I can help parents that are, you know, thinking of conception, um, you know, that, that would certainly help. Well, you brought up something so interesting to me because personally, I have just recently been told that I, I, mean, I was sent to an endocrinologist because I've had a low-functioning thyroid a long time that just a regular doctor was dealing with, and now I'm done going to an endocrinologist. And he just told me that I have um, um, a form of, of, well, my thyroid is not normal, and uh, mm -hmm. I have Hashimoto thyroiditis and I'm just mm -hmm. trying to learn mm -hmm. what this means and what it and you know we never hear well we didn't used to hear about these things because people weren't studying some of these reasons that they're now studying all kinds of things and you know there's just so much to learn and I, I guess one of the main things mm -hmm. I want to say right here though is that if a mother mm -hmm. has a child that does have some kind of a problem 
the one thing we're not trying to do is to heap guilt on her for maybe carrying something she doesn't even know she's carrying. Because when you have a child that has any kind of a special need and you realize this for the first time, they're so you're flooded with emotions thinking, what did I not do? What Mm -hmm. did I do wrong? What did I, did I not take all my vitamins? Did I do this or not do that? And sometimes that leads to really bad a really poor communication between husband and wife because if the husband wants to he could pick up on that and say yeah it is your fault but there's so many there's so many emotions that are going on and the communication will break down almost immediately and people need to seek help to be able to learn how to communicate mm-hmm. with each other through the problems and to be able to understand how each other will grieve through the process of of realizing they now have a huge problem that is life-changing that they're both needing to be involved in, not to separate, but to keep the family intact Mm -hmm. and find some of these things that like you and I and other people have discovered long after the fact that we're out there saying, uh, hey, pay attention because these are things we did not know, but we want it better for you. We really want people's lives to be better. Because we have gone mm-hmm. through something that maybe we feel very passionate about helping others not have to experience, if at all possible. But if they are, we're here to help. We're here to give them support and help them find the resources that they need to deal with it and hopefully keep those families together. So I, I know it's a little mm-hmm. off there, off topic on that in a way, and yet. I think communication is at the heart of a lot of issues that families are going to go through in the family, with the therapists, with teachers, with doctors, with everyone that will now be associated with helping them through some of the processes. And I know in the next segment, what I'd like for us to also understand, too, are some of the processes of understanding what does that child need, and that would be through some of the IEPs and how that can be a a real uh, learning experience for parents to try to find out what it is that their own child needs and try to find their voice and speak up for the needs of that child from now on. I'm just passionate about helping parents feel like you have a voice. Your child may not. You have to speak up for them and find whatever resources, our teachers, anything that they need, you will be responsible for trying to speak up for them. And it's a hard job, isn't it? (laughs) But these are things that all of us have gone through. Mm-hmm. You really do. And we've lived through those things. And, you know, our, my son is much older than yours. But, you know, we lived through the time where we had to really open the doors for school busing for the uh, disabled as well as therapies and everything else. So anyway, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, if you would like to call in, ask a question, the number that you call is 866 451 one four five one. We're going to take a break when we come back. You know, love to have you call in. We'll be back in just a moment. Animal lover, author, artist, and public speaker, Patricia Daly Life is a Renaissance woman in her own right. A lover of animals from a young age, Patricia lives on a farm in Virginia and has rescued neglected thoroughbred horses, keeping them or finding them safe havens. She is also a published author 
and her books document real-life experiences that she shares in her passionate stories, taking the reader around the world in a colorful kaleidoscope of life. An accomplished artist, Patricia Daly Leip's oil paintings feature animals, portraits, stills, nature, and abstract, and she allows the brush to paint the image in an organic, natural way. A public speaker, Patricia is motivated to continually wonder about life and advocates for all of us to do the same and document our own unique history. To learn more about Patricia Daly Life, visit www.literarylady.com and www.patricialife.com or email her at pdlife at gmail.com. Hello, I'm Steve Fagan, and I'm president and CEO of Fagan Associates, but I'm also a life coach. I'm here to help you reach your dreams, goals, and objectives. As a life coach, it's my job to be your support, to be your teammate, to help you understand what is your dream, what is your life passion, and then together we work as that team to help you reach your specific goals. Life is worth living the best you can be. Working with a life coach, you're fulfilling those dreams and goals is your passion, and it's your way of living. Let me help you do that today. Let me help you really reach the best that you can be as a person and live the life you should be living. I'm Steve Fagan. I'm a life coach, and I'm here for you. Contact Steve Fagan at FaganAndAssociatesInc.com or call 1-800-239-2701. And I'll be glad to help you move forward to live the life of success. Reach your dreams, your goals, your objectives. We can do it together. I am absolutely loving this visit tonight with you, Marie, and I'm so thankful that you were able to be on here. And you've given a lot of different resources that are out there for people to go to. And we will, I just want the audience to know, we'll go back and let you tell some of those again, the very last segment so that they will have time to get a paper and pencil. And I do want to just let you tell us a little bit, what would you suggest to parents about where do vaccines fit in with autism? How how does that relate I know there's a lot of discussion about this. Yeah, and anybody who says that the science is settled, (laughs) um, it's not settled. Um, There have never been any safety studies that have been done on them. Uh, But what I will say, and I posted this, uh, put it in my book, is that autism was actually listed as an adverse risk event for the Tripedia vaccine. And um, and this is something that a parent never knows to do is when you go to the pediatrician and the pediatrician's talking you into getting uh, vaccines for the child, um, they never tell you that there's this big old vaccine insert. It's like a couple of feet long. It's, you know, like if you get a medication from the drugstore, you know how the pharmacist puts the vaccine or the uh, medication insert in there and tells you all the adverse risk events and what could happen and all those sorts of things. Well, the best thing for a parent to do is to take a look at that list of adverse risk events and gauge it for your child. So if your child has any kind of uh, immune dysregulation going on, so if you have a child that is constipated, has chronic diarrhea, has uh, chronic runny nose, gets red cheeks or ears after eating, has had an ear infection, even one, um, has a sort of distended pot belly, um, has dark circles under the eyes, what are known as allergic shiners, um, that child should not be vaccinated because it means that their 
immune system is not working correctly. And on our website, epidemicanswers.org, you can go to where it says for parents and then look under where it says soft signs. And you can take a look at um, these soft signs that I've mentioned plus others. And uh, kids with those soft signs are much, much, much more likely to develop autism or ADHD or sensory processing disorder or learning disabilities or um, asthma or allergies or autoimmune disorders. Another factor is having a mother or uh, other family member, but especially the mother that has some kind of autoimmune disorder herself. And when I say autoimmune, it could be something as simple as allergies, which you think is no big deal, but it's actually an immune dysregulation that's going on in the mother's body. And that immune response can get passed from the mother to the child, too. And I wrote about a lot about, about this in my book just to help parents understand, especially moms, how these things are passed from mother to child. I'm not trying to blame moms uh, because I've been there myself, and um, what we can do is instead of feeling guilty about everything, is to just know that when you know better, you can do better. And so what I would right. say to any parent that's um, researching the issue is to look at a couple of websites. Uh, there is the nvic.org, which is the National Vaccine Information Center. Um, you can also go to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and they have what's called the vaccine injury table, which most pediatricians don't even know about. <laughs> um, they are supposed to report vaccine injuries, but they're not trained as to what a vaccine injury will look like, even if it is staring them in the face in, in a lot of cases. And so uh, there was a Harvard study that came out a few years ago that showed that I believe 10% or less of vaccine injuries were actually reported to the VAERS system, which is the Vaccine Adverse Event Risk uh, Reporting System. And it was set up by Congress, I believe after 1986, when the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program was established. And that was put into place because before that time, uh, vaccine manufacturers were getting sued left and right because kids were dying, kids were being injured, they were developing things like paralysis and Guillain-Barre system, um, uh, sorry, Guillain-Barre, um, and also encephalitis, um, seizures, ticks, all sorts of things, and parents were suing, and the manufacturers were going out of business. So they came to Congress and said, we need help with this. And so President Reagan and Congress enacted that bill, and it took away any kind of liabilities for those manufacturers. There is no product in the country today that has zero liability. If you talk about car seats, um, cars, refrigerators, whatever, there is some kind of liability that those manufacturers have for the safety of their product, but that's not the case with vaccines. So I urge you to wow. study that. Um, there's a really good book put out by Suzanne Humphreys, MD, and Roman Bistrianik. Uh, Suzanne was, uh, she still is an MD, but she was just a typical doctor, used to give vaccines, and then she started thinking about what was going on, and she really started to do her research. And so she and Roman put this together, and he's a medical researcher that actually goes and look at the history. And what he did was he showed that 
the death rate for diseases for which children are vaccinated was virtually zero for uh, many years, let's say a decade or two, before vaccines were actually introduced. And he shows the charts and he backs it up. I believe he went over to Yale Library. I think they have a, I want to say that's where he went because I know he lives over in New Haven. (laughs) So I'm guessing that's where he went, but it might not have been there. Um, But he backs it up with the data and sources it so you can tell. And uh, it's really from better hygiene, better public sanitation, and better nutrition um, that the incidences or the death rates for those um, vaccine diseases was virtually zero. And so it takes a lot to be able to open your mind and just to even think because the common dogma right now is, you know, if I'm not going to vaccinate, you know, my child, you know, a lot of people will call you a baby killer because there's this thing called herd immunity. But that's not the case. Um, I know when I was a kid, I actually had my vaccine record, and I want to say that I had five. And kids today are given 72, and there's another couple hundred that are in the pipeline for these kids. And remember, there's no liability for these manufacturers, so it's just, uh, you know, they just keep cranking them out. (laughs) And then the CDC and the states keep mandating them. And especially if you live in California or Mississippi or West Virginia, it's even harder for you not to get your, you know, to have an exemption for those. So um, just do your research. I actually did write some about it uh, in my book. And, and what happens in a lot of cases, it's not every case of autism, and that's why it's hard to say that it conclusively causes autism. But what happens is that it can be the final trigger that broke the camel's back. And so, like I said, a lot of these kids are starting out sort of like with their hands tied behind their back, you know, as a fighter would be, right? Um, that they're nutritionally deficient. Um, they have very high levels of heavy metals and other uh, endocrine disruptors and pesticides and carcinogens that are coming from the mother. Um, they've got a very uh, high stress response that's passed on from the mother. Uh, They have a lot of endocrine problems that are passed on. And then uh, it's just this total load, this perfect storm of things and antibiotics in there too that's disrupting their gut. And then it could be the final trigger that causes that. It's not the only thing that can cause it um, or to be that final trigger. There are other things like fever or um, have a couple of clients whose kids regressed into autism after surgery. It's because the anesthesia lowers levels of B12 that are necessary for neurological functioning. It was really, really hard wow. to get those levels of B12 sufficient again. And all of a sudden their child stopped talking and became autistic. Who knew? Did you know that? Did the anesthesiologist tell no. you that that was a risk? No, probably not. No. You know, or it could be fever or it could be concussion, you know, it could be traumatic brain injury. There's all sorts of things that can um, cause a child to regress. But in a lot of cases of the parents that I know anecdotally that I work with, you know, it was a vaccine injury. Wow. Well, and recently I saw on Facebook there was a family that had triplets. And I know this is, it wasn't brand new at that time, but I saw that story about that where the three little babies were all happy, talking to each other, you know, cooing and and touching Mm -hmm. and everything. And the very day they all three had their vaccine, they quit 
having eye contact with each other, quit reaching out to touch each other, quit having any kind of social. Um, it just it, it's heartbreaking when you think, OK, something as simple as knowing first, should this child have a vaccine versus just mm-hmm. doing it? Because that's what you walk in the room and they say you need to have this and you go, OK, if I'm supposed to do it and to not do it, you're not a right. good parent is basically the way it comes out. And it's it's sad because that has affected children for the rest of their lives because this vaccine was said to be helpful for something that caused the exact opposite. It ruined their lives. And I, you know, if there's any way that parents could understand what's involved, and I think on your site to give all these um, the clues with the gastrointestinal problems and, you know, to even mm-hmm. think if they've been colicky or, or had any kind of obvious problems mm-hmm. already, you know, obesity or, or seeing that they're not crawling right or doing something that most babies are doing, just any little clue like that to be able to find someone to answer the questions to me would just be such a godsend because you just need mm-hmm. to no, where do I go from here? And when I was young, I was thinking, if you just had an 800 number, you could call because we didn't have computers. <laughs> we couldn't look up anything. And that's the wonderful thing right. now for parents. Research. Do your research. Find out if your child is having any kind of problem. Look and see what it could be related to or what could happen if they have those issues and you pursue with vaccines or something that could react the wrong way, you know. When we were young, or when I was young, we had a lot of mercury put into our dental, you know, in dental work. And years later, when I got fibromyalgia, I saw that was something that is often contributor to getting an autoimmune disorder. And I was like, but they put that in there. <laughs> you know, that was just the thing. Mm-hmm. You go to the dentist and they put that in. There wasn't any thought about what it could cause. You were thinking you were doing the right thing to cure a problem. And so there's so much to learn. You're just opening the door right. for parents to say, okay, I've got to find out what it is that I can do that's going to be helpful for my child. And if they don't have these problems, Mm -hmm. my goodness, be thankful that you're not having to deal with that, but learn what you can to make their lives even better. If it's nutrition, if it's keeping them from having to deal with obesity, which is a growing problem also. And, you know, just anything that we can learn that makes life better for our future generations is is amazing and people like you just uh, I just love getting to visit and learn from you what it is that you have found out that I've not heard and the resources that you've given us tonight are great I did not get the book that you were talking about though with uh, one of the the last one the Susan Humphreys you were I were you going to say she had a book yes sorry what was the Uh, name of her book dissolving it's called Dissolving Illusions. Okay. Okay. Well, those you, you are things that? that, you know, the books that you've told about are just okay. great. And when we come back, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, 
I want you to go through and let's give them some ways that they can find more research uh, that you've given out. So we'll be back in just a moment. I appreciate you being with us tonight learning about autism. Abuse happens every moment of every day. According to national statistics in the United States, every two minutes someone is sexually assaulted and every 10 minutes a report of child abuse is made. Those currently struggling with abuse or if you know someone who has been the victim of abuse, you are not alone. Whether physical, mental, emotional or sexual, know there is hope, there is help, there is healing. Author Tammy Hall has written a book from her own account of abuse called Journey of Courage that can guide you through your own personal journey of healing. Stop struggling through life. It's your story. It's your healing. And it can begin with the first turn of the page. Visit www.journeyofcourage.com to begin your path to becoming the person you were ultimately created to be. Healed. Hopeful. Happy. Horses. Mystical. Present. Past. And future. All in one. Wild. Free. Domestic. And healing. For everyone. Betty Hames knows this and has put her horses to good use with Nature Connect Equine Coaching. Her mission is to help people affected by the loss of hope and trust in their lives and to rediscover the wonders of nature through nature-connected learning so they can rebuild their lives and live peacefully with newfound hope, trust, and joy. Betty Hames is also a certified elite life coach, a Washington State certified counselor, and chemical dependency professional. She is passionate about partnering nature with healing, and through horses, she sees amazing results and transformation in lives that might have otherwise been lost. Call 509-830-9225 and visit her at HamesLifeCoaching.com. Hold your horses. You're in for the ride of your life. All right. Well, tonight on our program, we've learned so much, and I appreciate This is Maria Rickert-Hong. H-O-N-G, and she has written a book called Almost Autism, and she has got a wonderful site that you need to go to and to look up some of the information that might be helpful for you, for your children, maybe your grandchildren, or maybe a friend that I recently had a question asked, what do I do if I suspect that a friend's child has autism? Well, you know, you can go and do some of the research and then maybe get some help in understanding more about it yourself. And the site that you'd go to is epidemicanswers.org. And it talks about the child's symptoms, the diagnosis, and some clues to help you understand more about your child, about autism, some of the things that caused it, some of the things that you can do to help them and questions that you could ask your doctor. Maria, I want you to come back and just tell the people how they can reach you. And if they have a question, where can they write you and find out something about maybe talking to you further? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, so my website is www.maria, M-A-R-I-A, Rickert, R-I-C-K-E-R-T, Hong, H-O-N-G, dot com, Maria Rickert Hong, dot com. Um, and you're going to find some great information there. Um, you can reach me at Maria at MariaRickertHong.com. That's the easiest way. 
Um, people can also go to my website, set up a consultation if they want. Um, and we also have some great resources, like you said, on the Epidemic Answers website. Um, and I've personally been involved with revamping the website and putting a whole lot of um, things that are on there. And a lot of things that parents wouldn't really think about when they're thinking about kids with these disorders, like you said, like colic or cradle cap or chronic constipation, um, failure to thrive or hyperlexia, that's reading at a very young age, hypotonia, um, OCD, um, retained reflexes, you know, is your baby developing on time, speech and language issues, what's causing it, ticks, tongue tie, uh, toe walking, you know, what happens, what does that mean when your kid does that? So um, try to, we try to put things out there to have parents understand it in whatever way it is that you're understanding it, because we're all parents that have gone through this ourselves, and um, we've for the most part, most part recovered our children uh, or are in the process of doing so. And there's a lot that a parent can do. Um, I wrote a lot about it in my book as well. And uh, what I find the number one thing to do is to actually lower stress. And I don't mean just do yoga and meditate. I mean, there are certain supplements that you can take, um, getting a lot of minerals in, getting a lot of uh, mineral-rich foods like livers and kidneys, you know, organ meats, um, bone broth, you know, that can really help. Uh, certain other kinds of supplements like GABA, PharmaGABA could certainly help. But also understand that there are things that are uh, inflammatory in the body. And so a child could have undiagnosed food sensitivities or intolerances that are causing inflammation, and that inflammation is stress on the body. And so you have to think of it like that. Or if you have a child with a toxic load, that's creating a lot of stress and inflammation. So I'm looking at stress in that way too. What I'm trying to help you understand is that there are there's just this total load um, of things that are going on with the child, and it could be the nutritional deficiencies, it could, it could be the toxicities, it could be um, also that the sensory system is out of whack, and that's been caused by the neurological toxins. Um, and I wrote a lot well, about that in my book and how it actually happens. And so if you're curious about some of the mechanisms and how that affects the child and, and then what you can do about it, um, there's a lot of information in my book, Almost Autism. Well, and I noticed, too, that you also have an online course that parents could look into about helping with the new childhood epidemic. So, you know, if we have anybody that you know of that might benefit from these resources, that's part of why we are doing this program is to give people courage to overcome the problems they're facing by getting the knowledge, learning to speak up, learning to ask the questions and do your research, find out what it is that you can do. And we mentioned several of the books that you've talked about tonight. I also have one that's based on the one that is caring for these children, and that's It Takes Courage to Be a Caregiver. And I talk about parents having a special needs child all the way through us as the kids who now take care of our parents with Alzheimer's or dementia to also those who are caring for their spouses. There are many reasons why we become caregivers and all of these things that we learn are out there to help 
all the family, the whole family, learn how to have a better life, learn how to prevent as much as we can and and our health problems, but also to give us the courage to face the things that we need to face and move forward, get the information. And Maria, this has been a wonderful night having you on here. I appreciate so much. And if anyone wants to write me, it's Cheryl Jennings, C-H-E-R-Y-L, G-I-N-N-I-N-G-S at gmail.com. And if you ask me a question, I can give you the way to reach Maria. I can help you know how to get in touch with her. So, you know, either one of us, we're just, we're here to be able to help other people to make your life better and to help these children. Um, I have family members who are in schools and they said more and more children are having the problems with anxiety and it's causing so many problems in the schools now for, you know, these kids, they're, they're dealing with a lot. They start off in life dealing with a lot more than they used to. And so everything we can do that will make it better for them and giving them better learning environments at home and at school, we're just benefiting the whole society by learning what we can. Maria, thank you for being on here. And I just thank you for the information that you've given and what you're doing in helping other families to learn how to take care of their own children. And I hope someday you can come back and visit with us again. This this will be all we'll get to do tonight. I appreciate you tuning in and look for next week's Courage to Overcome. I'm Cheryl Jennings, and I'll say good night for this week, and I'll look forward to having you next week. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Courage to Overcome with your host, Cheryl Jennings. Be it Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, or autism, listen each week for an informative look into the lives of those challenged by these and other disabilities today on the next episode of Cheryl Jennings' Courage to Overcome. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.